Thank you for joining the Denver Podcast, the podcast that brings together public relations professionals and influencers. I am your host, Vanessa Abron. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Eddie Rotman Jr. as our next guest of the Denver Podcast. Eddie Rotman Jr. is a public relations professional and he's the founder of Rotman Enterprises. From Nationals pro sports teams and athletes, executives, international high-end fashion brands, tech enterprises, and food and beverage companies, as well as hospitality corporations, Rodman Enterprises LLC cultivates distinctive and exclusive branding and PR campaigns, business and corporate solutions, media relations, and event services. For more than 15 years, Rodman utilized a unique approach employed by venerated business tactics that can be credited for an array of successful business ventures, media campaigns, and award-winning projects. Eddie is also a board member of the Black Public Relations Society in Los Angeles, so we are very excited to have him. Ladies and gentlemen, let's dive into our conversation with Mr. Rotman Jr. Please note that this conversation was taped prior, and so you're diving into a conversation that we had toward the end of 2020. How are you, Eddie? Good, good, good. Happy Thursday. You know, great to be black, healthy, safe, alive, not shot. Thank God for the NFL calming everybody down for a second because, you know, these people were wilding out this summer. I was like, good Lord. Another <laughs> hashtag. Man. Are you, are you uh, were you pleased with the results of the NBA finals? I wasn't shocked at all. Yes, yes. Okay. I, I was very pleased. I was more, I had more respect for the Heat. The Heat did everything they could and they battle tested. So to win two games after everything they did, I have so much respect for that organization and those players because I was like, they they went out and they fought with no fear. And yes, they didn't win. No one expected them to win, but the way they battled, you gotta have respect for that. So I was like, yes, you know, yeah. you guys earned it. But yeah, the Lakers won. You know, fortunately, the Clippers didn't even get close, and you know, Doc Rivers is gone. So that's a whole other story. But happy for LA. Um, now, if we get the Dodgers to win, I, I would love to see L.A., you know, get that back-to-back, the Dodgers and the Lakers win. But I don't know. You know, the Braves kicking the Dodgers' butt right now. Now, are you an L.A. native? No, no, I'm not. I just, like, you know, I root for great games. But, okay. you know, it, it, was, it, was, it was one of the things where, you know, low-key, um, you know, root for Magic Johnson because he's the owner of the Dodgers. So, you know, that's the only reason why I have the Dodgers. Lakers, you know, I respected them just because of what Magic – uh, Kareem, Shaq, Kobe, all those guys that are over the years, you know, you kind of just want to respect for I mean, now I'm at that point where I root for checks. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that you talked about um, your respect for Magic. I had the pleasure of meeting him for the first time in my life this year. It was doing All-Star Weekend, which was here in Chicago. Um, and so I was working on a couple of accounts that um, was involved in um, All-Star Weekend and we were working with Magic Johnson. When I tell you like that was like one of the coolest experiences of my life, like you can just sit around him all day and just let him just tell stories and you just like and he tells stories like 
that uncle that everyone's like looking for at the family dinner. Like, ah, yeah. Uncle Irvin's about to tell some stories. Let's gather around and sit at his feet as he tell these legendary tales of his journey throughout life. And you just sit there like, yes, yes, give me more, give me more. And of course, since we yes. was in Chicago, he told Michael Jordan stories. So that was always funny. Yeah, shout out to Christine Francis, one of his senior VPs over at Magic Johnson Enterprises. So, you know, that's my people's. Um, were you at the McDonald's event that he was a part of? Yes, that's actually what I was working on. Yes, 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 yes. Again, shout out to my girl over there, Don Cummins, Joey. Stay busy, everybody over there. You know who the you know the PR marketing firm. You know they they do a great 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 job those events together on behalf of mcdonald's every yeah. every every year so then it, it was funny because they had the kenny smith um event later that night and it yep. got a little bit out of control and they was like we're leaving our own party i was like he's like this is too much this is too much so i, I was, was kind of like too. i was there as well it was an interesting uh, night <laughs> I, I thought that was, that was i mean if you haven't been to a kenny smith party you don't know then you know you that was don't my know. first time know. That was my first time at a Kenny Smith party, to be honest with you. Really, really. So everybody doesn't know, Walton Isaacson you know, represents McDonald's for all their minority initiatives in the community. Black is golden. If I knew that, I would have worn my black is golden shirt today. Oh. Um, so, yes, they do a great job with McDonald's, the 365. They used to do that for the um, Essence Awards. But they handle all the stuff for the NBA All-Star Weekend. Their offices in Chicago, L.A., New York. But, yeah, Don Cummins, she's one of the people in Joey. They handle that account. So that, that was a crazy day for them, but it was a great event. It was a and great event. I was actually working with Burrell on that um, on that end. So Burrell Communications is also um, McDonald's um, minority advertising and PR agency as well. McDonald's got a lot of agencies, though. Like, like I could talk hey. to, I know make, people at Flowers Communications, they, were, they, they got some things with Flowers Golden and got some things with McDonald's. Like, you know, a lot of people got, like, McDonald's is so big that it's a piece of the pie for a lot of different companies. It's like, it's a lot. It's a McDonald's lot. McDonald's like Coca-Cola. <laughs> McDonald's like Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, if you're a minority diversity business, we're going to give you a check to work for us. So here you go. Go do something to community for us, make us look good. Yeah. That's how McDonald's is. Yes. 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 It's a Shout out to Burrell. I haven't talked to Burrell in a long time. Flowers Communications. Yes, just a couple of ladies over there. Yeah, you know, oh, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a list of them. You know, we, you know, it used to be Uniworld back in the day. You know, I'm going to show my age a little bit. You know, we're back in the day, you used to also rock with them. But yeah, you know, all the top black marketing advertising agencies, they do a great job. Now, I have a question for you. So I've been in PR for a long time, too. And I'll be honest with you, PR is generally... Now, when you say a long time, you got you got to age yourself. Age yourself, Vanessa. Don't be doing this. It's 2020. No, you got to age yourself. No, no. People can put the pieces together and figure I've been it out. in the game 15 years. I'm going to say, you're only, you're only 25. You're only 25. We're the same age. We've been in the game the same amount of time. Okay. Okay. That's good. Same amount of time. I'll start off at Weber Shamwick. Actually, I start Ooh. off at R.J. Dale. So my story is I start off at R.J. Dale and I, I was only at R.J. Dale for a couple of weeks because as soon as I got the job with R.J. Dale, I had got an offer to intern at Weber Shamwick. And it was like two weeks. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just started. But this is Weber Shamwick. Like, what do I do? And I talked to my boss at the time. Her name was Dina Balfour. And she was like, go to Weber. She was like, they can teach you some things that. I can't 
you know, like they got they got more resources. So go to Weber. So I went over to Weber, interned over there for about a few months and worked on Got Milk and, you know, Campbell's and Oscar Mayer and Kraft Foods and State and even the Army. I think I worked on the Army for a quick second. Then left there, went to Hill and Knowlton, where I was there for like six years. And I did everything wow. from public affairs to consumer to corporate. Then left Hill and Knowlton after six years, which anyone who's in PR knows that six years is too long. I got too comfortable. And I got real comfortable. But then I went to Johnson Publishing Company when they were still around and at they and so I went from being an AE at Hill and Knowlton to like running all of PR at Johnson Publishing Company by myself. So I'm the only PR person handling PR for Johnson Publishing, Ebony Jet, and Fashion Fair. So did that for a couple years, then went to Nielsen, then left Nielsen and became independent and been independent ever since. But throughout that entire journey Welcome for the struggle. <laughs> But throughout that journey, I can tell you that I did not see a lot of men and I definitely didn't see a lot of black men. So a black man in man, PR is like a unicorn. So I want to know, how did you get here? <laughs> see, you're going you gonna to make me cry because I'll be like, look, I tell you what, I'm at the bottom of the barrel. OK, folks, you know, Whatever. I love all my people's. It, there's not many of me out here. And when they see people just don't know, I'm like, that's how old the game I be. I was like, look, I, when you see another one, it was like, yes, what's up, brother? It's like, get out. Be like, hey. You just give eye contact and just be like, yes. Um, yeah, so it, there, there's not many of me. But, you know, I love working with you lovely ladies of all color, races. You know, y'all hold us down for the most dominant, you know, white man who, you know, controls this game. Um, I got into the PR game not by choice, unlike other people. It was more of, you know, I'm a God-given businessman. Um, I was understood, I was educated, understood how PR is an aspect to help people, not as far as a manager, but on their brand, on their campaign, on their PR strategy. And once somebody broke that down to me, um, especially for the sports field, how that's less threatening to agents, that's when I started to learn and understand how to become a publicist and you know i understood the business side i didn't know i did what pr was like business management and management that's easy the pr aspect i have and so you know as i started to you know get clients and work i started understanding okay who's in the who's the top pr people white black women and you always find it funny because people always give you a list of names and then when you meet them sometimes it's a great experience and sometimes you're like oh, i was impressed <laughs> <laughs> they say to never meet your heroes. Or you thought, or, or I wouldn't say they was heroes. It just you know every everyone vouches for somebody in this industry. You, you, sports and entertainment corporate is very small as you move on up. You know, trust me. You, I mean, you work with everybody at Johnson, all the ladies, Chelsea, all them that have left over the years. You know, people come and go. This is a a game not for the weary. You have to have a we like to say a get out clause for yourself. Like no one wants to be doing PR when you're 50, 60, 70 years old. You, you don't want to chase. You don't want to be trying to get media. This is, you have to have an potential out clause for yourself. So, you know, for me, when I got into the industry, it was more of learning, understanding, writing, pitching. And, you know, to this day, I still, you know, ever educated with those in PR because I think everyone's story is different. I was telling us to somebody asked me the other day, a kid was doing it for class. He was like, 
you know, how do people get into PR? I said, well, there's those now where they go to school actually for it. But then there's those who, you know, through their personality and their business acumen, someone says you could be a good publicist. And they're like, what's that? And then, exactly, right? And then there's those who are just great at writing. And everybody was, you know, they're tired of writing. They're tired of covering the stories. They want to help create the stories. And then you have the journalists. But at the end of the day, is the one kind of synergy that everybody has, you know, the quick thing that's the one thing everybody's similar to is personality. You have to be personable in PR. If you are shy, you're not going to get a check. You're not going to get your clients pitched. And you're not going to be able to network. <laughs> so, you know, when I say that, get a check, means you always have to go out and get new clients while you're working on the clients you have. Mm-hmm. And so you can't sit at home and just wait for everyone to say, hey, Vanessa, um, I want to hire your firm. Like, you have to be, uh, you know, approachable. Most people will tell you, if you're very personable and talk, you're one or two clients away from a new client. It's like sales. You're always selling yourself. So if people don't know who you are, they're not going to hire you. That is true. That is absolutely true. And I'm like you. Um, I didn't I didn't go to school to study PR. Like I took one PR. I took some news writing classes and I took one PR class. And my teacher was like, you should think about going into public relations. And I was like, nah, because I associated PR with the snooty girls, like the snooty girls at my school. They were the PR majors. And I found and I was into music back then. Like I was into music. I was interning with the Atlantic Records and I did some things with Murder, Inc. back in the day. See, now I'm dating myself. Um, Murder, Inc., mm-hmm. Atlantic Records. Hit Murder. <laughs> And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm cool. Like I'm in the music game and you know, I'm doing this and this, like, no, I'm not doing PR. <laughs> and then I started working with like a music company, a music marketing firm out of college. And then like when the music industry started to take this little turn, I was like, oh man, what am I gonna do? And I had a friend and she was a PR. She actually went to school for PR. And she was like, you should go into PR. Like I, even though I have the degree, I'm not gonna do it but you should do it. And I was like, you know what? All right, let me, let me see what this is all about. Let me, let me go on ahead. And, you know, I went to Borders books and got some books on PR to brush up again. So when I go on these interviews, I don't sound. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there are bookstores still available (laughs) out there for all you digital young kids who Google everything. We used to go to bookstores. You had to go and look at the magazines to get contacts, not online. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Remember back in the day when like a client, he's like, oh, that hit ran today. I got to go run up to the newsstand and get this magazine so I can see the hit that ran in this magazine on this day because it was not online. You had to go buy multiple, multiple. That's funny you say that because I know in the sports game, you know, majority of my clients I've worked with have been the sports and publicist was not a thing in the sports game. So a guy didn't really get a publicist till like he won a Super Bowl, was going to the Hall of Fame. It had to be like something really big to hire somebody because guys was like, you know, oh, that was bougie. Why are you getting a publicist to get out there? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I was guys like, man, you know, when they retired, it was like, I did all this. I played. Why does anyone know me as good as this guy or that guy? Because every team, you know, they pitch everybody and promote them. And, you know, you got the internal PR communications, but the guys at a certain level also hire PR firms. So a lot of players used to tell me, I never thought about hiring a publicist. And now that I know now that I retired, I wish I did because it would have helped me consistently get my, you know, brand 
relevant afterwards. And that's the biggest thing, you know, everyone wants brand, you know, being relevant with your brand, not only launching it, but keeping that awareness going. And that's what people don't understand. Publicists, our job is to help create a campaign to launch a brand or to increase that awareness because everybody thinks they're hot now. And some people are not. So that's why you need to actually talk to somebody who is a communicator, strategist. We like, oh, you know, we already got, got these new titles now they've been giving us. I'm like, look, we'll just say communicators. I'm just going to say communicators because, you know, everybody's a publicist now. But, you know, communicators and mm. understanding what's the best way to create a strategy because, you know, for me, branding and PR, you know, you can't just say PR now because media has changed so much. And so back in the day, a lot of people already had a brand and the PR was helping to, you know, increase that awareness. Now, you don't even have a brand. So because of social media, reality, TV, digital, everyone thinks they should be famous. You know, I got two likes, make me famous. You know, I, I made a video that went viral, make me famous. Um, my hair is longer than hers, make me famous. I got this, that's, you know, I'm cousin of so-and-so. And Pookie is my, you know, everybody wants to be famous for nothing. So now publicists and BNPR has changed even the respect for it because uh, it's not about taking video, you know, pictures, being on red carpets, um, posting on social media at the hottest events. We work mm-hmm. behind the scenes. You're working, you're sweating. Um, I told a young kid, I said, you want to see a real publicist. When you first start off, you're emailing everybody and people know about your clients. And when you're really busy, you ain't got time to tell anybody what you're doing. You're working. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, you had said nothing but a word. You are preaching to the choir. Oh, my goodness. And it's so funny because it's. I remember when I first went independent and I was starting to get clients and, you know, like you said, out there pitching yourself. And I remember I was talking to this one guy who owned this one company and I told him my rates. And he legit came back to me, was like, what? I mean, but all you doing is blah, 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 blah. And I hate that. Like, all you do, I like, are you serious? Like, you think all I do is pick up a phone and I get so-and-so to do it on the first time I call. Like, no, that is not all I do. And I was like, you do it. Like, if that's all I do, then why don't you do it? Like you can do the same thing. You pick up the phone and you can call, but you realize when you try to do that, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. You got to figure out, you got to figure out like how to craft a story in a way to, um, to like, you know, get their attention and like get them to move on it. Like, I remember I had this one consultation with this one client and she was like, yeah, I reached out to media and I was telling them about it. and, And I just haven't been getting any responses. I'm like, okay, let me see what you sent them. And they send it to me. And it's like the first paragraph is they bio. I was like, mm-mm, you lost me already. Like, no one's reading your bio. <laughs> like, that's that's not how this works. Like, no. <laughs> and it's like, it's like this long, like this long, soli- they make this long soliloquy of who they are and what they do before they get to, why anyone should pay them any attention. And it's like, everyone thinks, and it's like, I get it. Like when you have your business and you start something and you create something, it's your baby. And you want everyone to think that your baby is beautiful. Like, look, I have this baby, isn't my baby beautiful? 
but there's a lot of beautiful babies. Like there's a lot of businesses that are creating cool things. Like, but you got to tell that right away and you got to like separate yourself like right away. And most people, and that's where we come in is we got to ask all the questions and we got to like, okay, yes, you sell cookies. Okay. What else? Okay, what's so special about your cookies? Okay, who ate your cookies? All right, you know, like, what's the story to how you got to the, like, we have to find all these things out so then we can finally tell this story that ultimately leads to people buying you some buying cookies. But it's not just, hi, I'm Angela and I have cookies. Like, no one cares. Exactly, and we're not guaranteeing you sales. We're not guaranteeing you, you know, 100% customers. We're guaranteeing you awareness and engagement. Uh, I always find it funny where, you know, during COVID, I understand everybody was mentally drained, but there was, this to me should have been the time everyone should have hired a publicist because media was begging for content. Like, okay, look, who got stories? What are they doing? And a lot of people just froze, we'll wait till it's over. And I just felt like a lot of people just didn't think and was, you know, overly, you know, overwhelmed and just, you know, scared. But, you know, at the same time, it was like, this was the best time. Those who did hire a publicist, you know, some most radical stories got on CNN and she was like, how did this get on CNN? But, <laughs> hey, she had a publicist and they're looking for information. And it'd be funny how you said everyone thinks they know how to do this. I have a client that, you know, he loves my work, but he always has somebody, you know, local friend who always claims they can do the work. So, he, you know, unfortunately, God bless his heart. He always gives them a shot. Then when they mess up, you know, he calls me in. He's like, Eddie, they, they suck. And then I come to my job and then everybody gets mad. And I said, don't get mad at me from doing my job. Then he calls me. He said, if you can get me on this, this and this like Eddie can, then shut up. But if you can't, don't say nothing about him. He's like, you see all this stuff I'm doing on TV, magazines, photo shoots, TV shows, meetings. He's setting that up. If you can't do that, don't get mad. So why are you getting mad? He was like, you guys want to say I can do all that. If you can't do it, shut up. And so it's always funny because I was like, well, you know, stop giving them opportunities. But you know how clients are. Clients want to give everybody a shot or everybody wants to come to them so they can do something. Then when it doesn't work, they call you in like the relief picture, like clothes. Like, all right, well, you better pay for this clothes because <laughs> we have to pay for our – you're paying for relationships. We have to always have access to media contacts and people and – the best publicists are the ones who can actually get people on the phone, email, text, pigeon, smoke signal, you know, whatever form of communication you have. Can you get the can you get to your contacts? And that's when you know you have a great publicist you hired because can you get them on the phone? Everybody can go online and tweet and DM to somebody, but can you get that person on the phone, in the email? Or a text, you know, that's what makes the difference between those who are just, you know, I know someone and I actually know that person and have a, a core business relationship with them. Right. So of your 15 years of experience, can you tell me about any cool campaigns that you worked on? Are you working on anything right now that you can share? Well, see, the coolest campaign, I, I, I've been, see, now I'm the old, see, like you said, Magic Johnson, he's the old uncle. I'm that guy now who every time I see something, I got, I'm the old, I got a story about everything, or somebody can ask me, like, do you know this? And I'm like, actually, I do. I forgot. You know, I do know that person, or I've done this. So some of the cool campaigns I've done over the years is, you know, a client of mine had a wine tasting that was very successful in New England that helped raise money for single mothers. Uh, we launched the International Fashion Campaign. 
um, an event called the Style Games with one of our players. And we was able to give, you know, a lot of emerging designers, you know, attention, send them to Fashion Week, let them go behind the scenes and help get them some visibility in the fashion space. We got to help, you know, be a part of the first year of Ice Cube's Big Three. Um, you know, we've done some, you know, great things over the years. And I'm, and I'm probably forgetting a lot of things out because, you know, as you start doing 15 years, they start overlapping and you just, you know, forget, you know, certain things. I've got to help get players who are now famous on TV who now, you know, was at home, sitting at home doing nothing. They now have TV and personality, you know, careers because of our media campaign to help them get them on TV. So we've done some great things. You know, I'm not going to name job because I don't want people, you know, be gossiping and asking questions. You know, clients come and go. We all part ways amicably. But, mm-hmm. um, yes, you know, we've done some things. And we've even been hired behind the scenes to help other people's clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Um, but recently, you know, our, one of our clients, he has his own shrimp pate that's launched. It's on Amazon.com. Um, mm-hmm. it's on, and the website is Oceans97OCEAN97.com. He has it um, in, in some, you know, stores. It's coming to CVS in Florida. And we're also working with chefs in different restaurants across the world to allow them to create their own little chef inspired, inspired um, pate style meals. So some people make tacos, some people make um, pasta dishes, some people have made, you know, um, Caribbean style. Everyone makes their own different style using the pate. And also he's the brand ambassador for a new app coming out called Chef to You. Oh my gosh, you make so me hungry for all you, food. <laughs> yeah, man. Every time somebody says it's like, let me know when this app launches. So you know, you know, got the Uber. One thing we've seen during this pandemic is yeah, you got the Uber Eats, but people want the real food. They want something like your mama cooked or a chef that oh restaurant, you know, everything. So we're bringing that to you, you know, whether it be, you know, five star chef, three star chef, um, a chef of a food and truck. Or, you know, we got them some self-made chefs who are just so good, you don't even care how grandma taught them, but they got that good food. You know, as somebody said, they give you in a corner selling biscuits, and you come on that corner like, where's he at? Where he at? Oh, um, my you gosh. Know, once you, once the chef is part of this, um, this app, people will be able to order food from the chef and have it delivered to their house. Nice, Or to their nice. businesses. Nice. Now, it's so not... So that's one nice. thing we're working on, yeah. So it's not possible... I don't think it's possible for you to have done all of this without mastering how to build and maintain relationships with people, right? I mean, because that's the whole essence of public Nature relations. The game. Right. People forget that public relations is about relationships. Like that's where the relations of public relations come from. Um, so of course we know developing relationship is a major component of public relations. But if someone wants to develop a relationship with you, like they was like, oh Eddie, I need to. I need to get in his, you know, in his circle. I need to talk to him. I can, I need to get his jewels. I need to get on. Like how, what would be the tips to develop a relationship with you? Well, the first thing is when we all have to be willing and wanting to network. I think a lot of people want everybody to come to them and not ask questions. Um, I didn't have a mentor in this game. So I always love working with people and collaborating so you can actually learn more knowledge and kind of see what, you know, you're good and bad. And as you get older, you learn, like, some people hate pitching. Some people hate phone calls. Some people hate writing press releases. Some people actually have to do the events. You find out what you like and you don't like, and you make sure somebody on your team does the part you don't want. So when you're networking and want to, you know, meet, 
don't just send a DM or, you know, come up to somebody and say, oh, I want you to mentor me. Ask, first of all, as a communicator, follow up. I think that's the worst thing we see where everyone in this industry, a lot of people talk a good game and there's no follow-up. How are you going to say you want to be a publicist or a communicator and you don't actually communicate by following up? Mm-hmm. We ain't got to be friends. But in this business, communication is key. So if someone sends you, a, first of all, email first, not DM, ask for email, be professional. People's Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, those are good social media tools. We'll always be professional. Get the email and send them that. Don't do everything through the social media text. Respect the business and their time. Also, follow up. Can I schedule time to talk to you? Understand. Let them know what you're trying to do. Be open and honest. Everyone is still, I hate to say it, faking it to make it. A lot of us are not as big as we all think. We just feel like that because we work so hard. We stressed out. But, you know, everyone is working hard. So it's okay to be open and honest. I think a lot of people want to go to college and come out like, yes, I got a master's in public relations. So you should be paying me to do nothing if you have experience. Can you make a phone call to me to outlet and get some coverage? Can you get us a client? These are simple things every PR firm, whether it's an independent practitioner or a PR firm, they're going to ask you. Mm-hmm. And then once you do, you know, get them booking, how to get the next client. So these are the kind of things when you're going to network with somebody and meet them, you need to, you know, be humble first. Because in the day, if you're coming to meet someone, don't come up in and second like, oh, I know this person. Just be humble. We are all busy, but we'll all, I will always take the time to talk to everyone. And, you know, how can I be a resource to help you and empower you? I'm looking forward to seeing the next generation, what they're going to do. Hopefully they do better than us since, you know, you guys have more access and more opportunities. Now, of course, we know the job market is not as great as when we came out, but you guys are so creative. We were eager to see how you're going to take on and take this to another, you know, whole level. And it's not through Instagram, okay? It's not through social media. You still have to use the, all the tools of TV, radio, podcast. Y'all podcast is y'all radio. Y'all need to maximize and kill mm-hmm. that game. Online, digital, use all that stuff and make sure you take these, you know, the core principles and say, how can I learn and create stories? Independent because yes, influencers and businesses are, you know, executives are all at the same level. But when you come to a, a, a communicator and ask them how you get to know them, the first thing they're going to ask, what is your passion, your goal? Because right now, most people want to be in PR because they want to be around celebrities and athletes. They just want to be at all the events, the red carpet, so they can post pictures on, you know, their social media. That's not what being PR is. If you're not trying to help change and help a business grow and increase their, you know, their brand, then you're in the wrong business. Mm-hmm. I would say like 10% of us getting to do that is that's only 10% of what we do. And I feel like that's the reward we get for everything that we did (laughs) before, you know, we got to that point. Like I remember like years ago, like one of my favorite stories is I was working um, on the Chicago 2016 Olympic bid committee. We was working with um, a couple of the NBA players that were on the dream team. You know, they was, you know, helping us root for the Olympics being in Chicago. And I was working with them and, you know, I was their handler for the day. And I remember like while we were out in a crowd and talking to people, like one lady was like, oh, my gosh, you must really love your job like that you get to. I'm like, well, today I do. <laughs> but this, isn't, this isn't every day. Like this is not what I do every day. Like I don't go to Kenny Smith parties every day like that's. 
like few and far in between. Like, like you said, it's a lot of phone calls, a lot of drafting emails. Even before you get to the phone calls and the emails, you got to create a, a plan. Like, what is your plan of action before you even start sending out emails and phone calls? And what does that look like? What's the goal? It, what happens if they don't say yes? Because then what people think is that just because we know somebody doesn't mean they're going to run it for us. You know, like they have a schedule and things that's a priority too. So sometimes we may think like, oh, this is great for blah, 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 blah. But something can happen and it doesn't work out. So now we got to have contingency plans in place in case whatever we thought was going to run didn't run, you know, to still make sure that we still have traction and making sure our client is happy. So, yes, the fact that you said like this, if you're in this business to network with celebrities all day, you are in the wrong business because we only get to do that. Too. Yeah, because you hear no a lot. And if your clients knew how much times you heard no to get that, yes, you was like, look, you know how you say I got to pitch one more person to get these cookies on this daggone outlet. And it's, it's stressful because in the days somebody is spending their hard earned money to get pressed, but there's sometimes where pressure says no to everything. And it's your pitch can be perfect. They love the story and they still say no. And that's the part where we got to get that no one to it. Yes. And it's not saying you don't deserve it, but that's our job to convince them to make it a yes. And, you know, the OGs, as you like to say, we don't want to have the time to tell you we had a good time because if you're really working, first of all, you don't even know we're there because we're moving all over the place. People just know that you are the person that everyone's either coming to or actually orchestrating stuff. You don't have time to take pictures. You don't have time to talk to anybody. If you're talking, you're actually making sure the clients, the media, everyone is working. So a lot of people now, they want to take pictures. I mean, I used to laugh. I said, you know how many times I did not get a photo? Oh my and God. You know, now everybody wants, everybody wants a photo with their posts. Now, back in the day, I tell my clients, I'll take photos. And the old school ones, they hear, they hear my heart because they be like, we don't do photos. We don't do that. Now, every new post is, I got to get a picture. And I'm like, well, you know, I respect that. I get it. That confirms through social media what you're doing. But the old school Jesus, who I've known before, man, they was like, ain't nobody got time for no photo. And then second of all, look, you see how I look after working? Take a photo for what? Like, I'm a hot mess now at the end of the day. No one needs to know out here. The check clear. Let's move on to the next project. <laughs> so I have a confession to make. That's a secret for all the other publicists. <laughs> if you want that picture, but you want to be cool about it, especially if you're at an event, what you do is you get cool with the photographer. And if you get cool with the photographer, what you tell the photographer to do is like, yo, if you see me interacting with blah, 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 capture that photo. So now you got you, you still got photos from that, but you're not looking like, ah, you know, and it's like an actual picture exactly. because you're like actually doing work. So that looks good in your portfolio because it's like you got pictures of you doing um, doing work. So if you ever want those photos, but you don't want to look like you asking for it, get in good with the photographer at the event. Just say, yo, slip them, slip them a 10 or a 20 if you got to. It's worth it. <laughs> and, and get your picture that way. So and and make sure picture. it's early in the event, too. Do it the earliest event. Don't wait till the end of the event by taking pictures when you're tired yeah. and, you know, you <laughs> your, your face is showing. Like, make sure, hey, look, the first 30 minutes, just get as many shots as you can, then that's it. Just one or two. That's all. Because, you know, it's good to look back. I mean, every publicist like to look back at pictures in your work and you almost, it's like a history book. You're like, I forgot about that award show. I forgot about, mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost to the point where you're like, whoo, I did that win? It's good and it's bad because you're like, I was 
I mean, for those of you who, who really want to work and be a publicist, ask every publicist about the month of February. It's the best and worst time period of your life. Oh, I was thinking about my last February. <laughs> Any publicist in this game will tell you February is the worst and best time of your life. The shortest month with everything in the world. Now, United States in the world happening in those 28 days. <laughs> I never really, actually, never really reflected on it before until you said it. And then it's like, oh, yeah, this last February was, it was busy. It was good, but I was tired. <laughs> I was drained. I was drained this past Yeah, I think, I think one February, I, I didn't, I didn't go home for the month of February. I was literally all over, you know, working with my clients. I, I did not go home for the month of February. And if I was, it's literally to go change the bag and get back on the road, mm -hmm. which I didn't complain because at that time I was happy to be working. But when you look back, you was like, child, oof. how are you going for 28 days? <laughs> you know, you're going to rest in March. That's the, <laughs> you know, when March comes, I'm going to take a break. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like I'm gonna just, just don't, don't talk to me for like a couple of days. Now, speaking of pictures and like the new, like the new regime of publicists that's coming up the ranks, have you had a chance to really work with influencers? Because basically like this presence on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, pin, whatever Pinterest, whatever it is, like this presence of Instagram is now becoming really, really relevant, both to individuals and brands alike. So with that being said, a lot of companies um, have been asking publicists to engaged um, them with influencers. Have you had the chance to engage your clients with any influencers? Yes, I have. And I, and I find that word very interesting now. It is an because interesting I, I don't word. think people even understand what influencer is. Called. So first of all, let's just, let's go old school a little bit. You know, yes. let's, let's just be real about it. And first of all, an influencer, what the new term is, is someone who creates content for people to follow. But before that was the social media influencer, a celebrity athlete or anybody who was famous, social, a social like was an influencer. Mm -hmm. So I find it funny that we have taken the word influencer away from those who are really influencing, who are, you know, famous, actually had money, mm -hmm. um, athlete, entertainer, artist, and we don't want to call them influencers. Influence. We want to call a People actually influence. And so I always just get mad at people. I was like, oh, we want influencers. So you're trying to say media is following them while they're at their job. Y'all follow them home. Y'all paparazzi and stalk them home. But then they're not an influencer because they're not going home and creating content to entertain you. Okay, so do you find an issue, problem here? And then also there's executives. To me, a lot of executives are influencers because they're traveling, interacting with people every day. So I'm not mad at this word, influencers. I just feel like we have to define it in a, in a different box because we are looking at just numbers and not what people actually influence. Because if, if I have to interview Vanessa at work, then I follow Vanessa at home and see where she eats. Then when she gets home, I'll follow her on Instagram page. Vanessa ain't got time to show me what she wants to do no more. She didn't talk to you. Y'all done stalked her. Y'all done asked her what questions. She doesn't want to see, give you any information. So why would I want to be an influencer when you influence and follow me all day? But yes, we have worked with influencers. I think the biggest thing now is trying to help minority influencers get more attention uh, because as we know, influencers are still more focused towards the white corporate 
you know, entity uh, with celebrities or the Kim Kardashian types. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when every time someone says I want an influencer, you know, Kim Kardashian is the first name that comes up. I'm like, well, that's not a great representation of influencer if, if that is your top tier or it's somebody white. You know, it's never somebody black or brown. And I always find that interesting because, OK, magazine will send me all these paid talents and you send somebody who's a great influencer and with great numbers, the image and everything looking for. Yeah, they're not famous enough or the skin tone. Not what they want. So I'm saying, like, basically, you want some, you know, white or white guy or girl, and so you find at a point of, you know, it's kind of offensive to say you want influencers, but you're still perceiving what America looks at as what is an influencer. And an influencer has to be somebody like Will Smith isn't a, a, a black influencer, but he's safe. He's like, you know, we can do black, white. Will's the ultimate guy that, you know, he doesn't see no color. And we, we, you know, everybody wants to be like a Will Smith, but it's like we have others that are just as great as Will Smith or not with numbers, and they don't have to be as famous, but they have the content, they have the engagement. And, you know, I'm hoping during, you know, COVID, I know a friend of mine is building a platform to help more black and brown influencers get more attention from brands because that's the thing that's lacking is as influencers, you have to define everything that what they want. And it's not even truly engagement. Like you see a lot of influencers are not even their true self. They're copying. Like if I see one more person wearing the same makeup, face hair, hair in a bun, bad eyelashes and calling themselves an influencer. I'm like, how are you influencing when you all look the same? Like you're building a world that's not even, you're not even living in this world. You're living for social media. So to me, influencers should be those who truly embody who they are and what they um, really are influencing, like what used to be back in the day, a celebrity athlete. If, if they were really somebody of influence, they did certain things that really, you know, caught on. Like, look at Kerry Washington, just how she influenced fashion just by being on a TV show with her wardrobe stylist. They didn't do that because they were trying to be influencers. They were trying to create a look for her from the show. But she became an influencer with everyone to dress like her, wear her, or her clothes, her designers, and that became an influence. That's true influence. Now it's kind of like, oh, Vanessa, go out there, shoot some content, and make sure you get 500 people to buy this product. And I'm like, but they're sitting at home trying to create it. And I'm not mad at that. I'm glad we created those opportunities for it, but we need to actually get back to what is true influence. If it's not part of your lifestyle and it's genuine, can't use the word influence anymore. We got to find a new word. I do agree with you on that. And I do think that we're going back to what you were saying. Like, I do think that brands, at least from, at least some, now I wouldn't say a, a lot, but I, I do see like a, some a good number of brands and companies are starting to realize that it's not about just getting that one girl who has this certain look and a hundred thousand followers you know it's about okay who really makes sense you know like like you said someone could have only two thousand followers but of those two thousand followers like like it's not the number of followers, but who's following you. And if that, if that 2000, if those 2000 people are committed, it's definitely within your niche or your target audience, you know, is engaged. Like you're going to get more out of that person who has that following or, or, you know, so to speak, than that person who has this, you know, this look or this number. And it's not about the numbers anymore. It's, and I actually started using it because at first I was calling them bloggers because that's how it started. Like influencers were originally bloggers. Exactly. They're bloggers. 
And so then, you know, the bloggers, you know, they and they started using social media, you know, to kind of get word out about their blog, like, oh, go look at my blog. And so then it was like, oh, you can be a blogger and have the social media presence. But then it was like, I can have the social media presence without the blog, you know. So then it was like I couldn't say bloggers anymore because then you had those who didn't have a platform that was still influence influencing so it was like like that was the word everyone was using like all of my colleagues were saying influencers so I was like you know whatever but it's like what you say like I, I worked in music back in the day an influencer was the celebrity or if it wasn't a celebrity it was at least somebody who was like what we would call now a culture curator, you know? So it could be someone in Chicago, like, let's say, okay, we're doing an event in Chicago, bring out all the Chicago influencers. So back then that was a combination of DJs, people that um, own store. So, you know, the dude that owned, you know, the store that had all the cool gear, like that he was an influencer because he had the store with all the cool gear and the gym shoes and the, you know, and the shirts and stuff. So you got, you want to invite that guy. Do you want to invite the girl who owns the cafe that everyone's hanging out at? So that person's an influencer because they got a cafe that everyone wants to go to, you know? So influencers like just people who I think now we consider cultural, um, cultural, you know, culture curators. So that's what it was. And then it was like influence, like, oh, okay, that's what we're going with today. Um, but now I'm starting, right. to, they're, they're creating, they're calling themselves, some of influencers don't, aren't comfortable with being called influencers now in, anymore. They're being called content creators, which I kind of like more too, because I at like some most, point- everybody wants to be famous now. We're in this generation, everybody wants to be famous for nothing. Yeah. So- but in what capacity have you worked with influencers or content creators? So we get a lot of brands, you know, from a consultant. We also do talent procurement. So we get a lot of brands that reach out to us and, you know, book influencers for, you know, different campaigns, whether we come from India, fitness, fashion, um, tech. So we get a lot of, you know, brands that look out for that reach out to us looking for influencers. Um, and across the board. So sometimes, you know, they could be local, it could be regional and national. Like I said, OK Magazine is always reaching out, Eddie, we need to book influencers. So you get a lot of brands who they're always looking for content creators and influencers um, to help, you know, either be a brand ambassador, to help promote the brand, and, or just, you know, sometimes just of anything you want to have them um, at an event or somewhere to, you know, you know help spread awareness. Um, about that product, the place, the community, nonprofit, uh, or whatever else is going on. So we have worked with a lot of them over the years. I find it funny because everybody will always reach out to me. If you hear about something, man, let me know. But then when you email them, they don't reply back. So, you, but you, you know, I find it funny too. Is influencers need to know how to communicate. If it's not, then they won't hit you back. If it's through an email or text, whatever, you know, you may get them or not. But if it's through social media pages, they'll text you right away. And I remember I was um, working a Los Angeles private health brand showcase and I invited one top influencer and I was excited for it because I was like, good, you know, we got no people of color up in here. I had to get a little bit melanin up in there, you know, just a couple, you know, because it was, it was very, you know, white and pasty. Um, and so when they walked in, you know, I don't know if they was having a bad day and, you know, whatever got off the plane and you could just see all the faces of the corporate CEOs and everything. They was like, uh-oh, angry black sister coming in. And I was like, okay, before y'all get in here, 
and mess this up. Let me go help my sisters out. Calm on down. Look, before y'all walk in here, I need y'all, let, let me hug on y'all, give me whatever, you know, hype them up, because I was like, y'all about to go in here and mess it up. And I'll never forget, we, you know, we got them together, they walked around, and, you know, she told me a little bit, you know, about her, so I was help pitching her to each one, and i never forget, uh, one of the CEOs was like, okay, I would love to work with you. She's like, oh, yeah, send me a DM. And I'm like, the CEO's right in front of you, and you just asked the CEO to send you a DM. Like, where do they do that at? Why? You are literally pitching and having a meeting with the CEO. You ask them to follow you on Instagram and send you a direct message. That's the problem I have with influencers. Like they have lost the sense of touch of communication, interaction. And, and you know, that's the, probably the one of the worst things I'm thinking about social media that is, you know, hurting all of us is, you know, everyone wants to talk through the app and not face to face anymore. It's funny you say that because like, you know, as you said earlier, we have to, as PR professionals, it's our job to know how to get people on the phone and email people. And then I found when I started working with influencers, like to get in touch with them, I had to DM them. Like I literally had to say, <laughs> okay, this is the day I'm gonna sit on my, and I hate sending DMs. Cause like, I feel like I can be so much more interactive with you. Like I can, you know, like, okay, here's the file. Like here's the PDF. So you can take a look at, you know, like I can't send all of that on a DM. Eventually we have to move this conversation to email, you know, but <laughs> I'd like literally I have to have moments like, okay, this is the day that I'm gonna send DMs because when I send emails, they won't respond. Well, don't feel bad. Athletes and celebrities are the same way, but they're through text. You have to text everything. It's all in the email, but you have to text everything. You're having full out conversations, just like this Zoom call through text. And you're like, if you don't just pick up the phone and check your email, they're texting everything. And I've been on the other side to where I'm looking at the client. I'm like, just pick up, man, I don't want to talk to them. But they're texting, or they got two phones. You know, the, the great ones got two phones. They got one hand over here, one over here. One is business, one is personal. So it's 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 the new wave, you know, every, as we get older in 2020, getting ready for 2021, there's going to be something else new and we're going to laugh about it and just be like, man, you know, this is sad, but this, this is the form of communication that people are. But at the end of the day is you still have to go back to the email to get all the documentation. Cause as far as I know, you can't send a contract through a DM, send, send a contract through text. So you got to get the check and, or sign a deal or actually know what the media opportunity is if you check your email because all the full details, as we know, some forms of communication, they cut off. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the real good, great media stories that have a wall, talking points, what's going on. You can't copy and paste that into your direct message and into your text. And if you do, you got to copy and cut it up. Too much work. Just read so the email, you, please. This is what you got to do. You got <laughs> you got to send the email. Send the email first, and then you go on your phone and you pull it up. And you got to take screenshots of the email. I, 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 see, you you trying to tell secrets. I wasn't gonna tell nobody. That's how we do. You got to screenshot everything, and then you got to go back and delete it because you got too many screenshots in your phone. And your phone like you need more data. So yes. <laughs> Well, we're, we're at the end of our hour. Before we close up, what are your predictions of the state of PR and our relationship with influencers and content creators in 2021? I'm very optimistic. I just think we need to 
be more creative, uh, collaborate more. And also, uh, I think media and communicators, we need to work together more. Um, I find out that, you know, most, most people in media love great publicists, but most people in media also hate the publicists who are just, you know, kind of like, are you taking this industry, you know, serious? Because if you are taking it serious, they look at your email. Like, if you ever got a call back or a text, just like, I just want to call you because that was just a great pitch. I just appreciate you taking the time to pitch me right now. You're just laughing. You was like, oh. And then the other time they was like, I, you know, people just, they reading a thousand emails per day and they're just, you know, overwhelmed. So just the fact that people are, appreciate the time for a phone call, follow phone call, the right pitch, the right strategy, you know, that doesn't go lost in translation. So, I think one thing we have to do is how do we increase that moving forward the way technology is opening more doors for us? Because as we know, we're going digital for everything. So that means there's more digital magazines. There's more digital content. There's more opportunities for content creators. And how do you tell those stories? And if you're going to be a reporter or something, please, please have a form of a way for a publicist to get a hold of you outside of, you know, your Instagram page or whatever. Like I'm almost to the point where like, okay, podcast please just go out there put a, a gmail is free just go out there and create a gmail because now i'm sitting here like i gotta go hunt everybody your mama and your sister and your cousin to get to on those podcasts we are very much advocates for podcasts but just have a better way for us to communicate and get to you because it's like i gotta call your next door neighbor to get a hold of you just to get a client on the show which we've done before but if you just had a simple gmail post it up we can pitch you and just tell me yes or no easily. I don't have to go hunt you down. <laughs> so I know I said I was going to wrap this up, but I got to say one last thing because you just said a true thing. I literally, I made, a, I made a solo episode about this. I haven't posted it yet, but I made a solo episode about this. I recently was working on a project with a brand where we was about to pay these influencers, pay them money, like real money, right? It was real, and I was just like, it, and they didn't have to commit right there. I was like, would you be interested? That was it. Just say yes or no. Are you, would you be interested? You know, like, are you worth us going down this path, you know, of exploring this opportunity with you? And it was like pulling teeth to find these people's contact information, like pulling teeth. Then you get a hold of them, and it's not, or you get a hold of somebody. But it's the sales team. You could tell they don't know what I'm talking about. So they sending me somewhere. It's it's a nightmare. Yes, people need to get it together. Like just have one PR, like somewhere where someone can get a real person. So you can talk about partnerships, PR. That is so, so, so important. I don't think, because it's like, yes, the bad thing about it is like, yes, you will get some things that you probably don't like. Just say no and keep it going. And then because yes because if it is something you like because i think one thing that they don't realize is that we work on a lot of different things so just because you're working with this one client right now you like oh i don't want to work with that client that you're working with right now i don't like that brand mm -hmm. but if you give me a hard time with this one and then i am actually working with the brand you really want to work with now i have to tell them no, this person is difficult to work with. You can't get in touch with them. They're hard to communicate with. No, like now I'm that person that's saying, you know, not so positive things about you because you gave me a bad experience because I was working on a brand you didn't like two years ago. So, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. It's for like that. casting for 
It's like casting for TV and film. You never leave a bad casting director upset. Remember, just because you didn't get that role for that opportunity doesn't mean more are not to be considered. I've had that happen for me. Guys come on, and, and then years later, they'll be like, ooh, you know, he gets a bad taste in my mouth. I was like, that was five years ago. Yep, still remember, and I'm like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> it's like... So, be, be responsible and respectful to everyone. That's all we ask. Treat the, yeah. treat the barber, the trash person the same way as the CEO and the executive. Did you ever hear the story about somebody that I, I forgot where I heard the story from? It was it's years old about a guy was going on a job interview and on his way to the job interview, he ran into someone in the elevator and they bumped into him like, who are you bumping into? You know, and they got into this thing and you get upstairs and find out that was the guy he was interviewing with. No, I haven't, but I've, I've seen it happen before. I've been places where you, you wouldn't know who's going to be in your meeting who's the person you answer to. And, you know, when you walk up there, you're like, oh, that's the person. And your, or your client, you know, didn't take them serious. And now they got to actually, you know, have a true conversation with them. So I was like, just always be nice. Because some people do it on purpose. Some people mm-hmm. literally just walk around, you know, as you know, you start talking to the actual CEOs. They purposely wear like a T-shirt. They look like a little kid or just, you know, they're not the very, you know, business casual. They're like in a T-shirt and jeans and a hat. And they're just walking around like, like you know, a kid on an internship. Then you mm-hmm. find out like they actually run the company. So you you almost have to always treat everyone with respect because you just never know who's watching, who's listening, and who's observing. That's one thing. Also, when you're pitching and work with clients, be respectful to all parties. I think a publisher said one time, and just think because you're around your own doesn't mean you have to be respectful. And because you go into a meeting, you see all black folks like, all right, I can relax. And you have to still be professional just because you see your own people and you happy for once like my people's is here you still have to be professional in a, in a manner because you can still lose a contract and they was like did he just get ghetto on us because you know with us like oh heck no like uh, cut off the list next had that happen well on that note eddie you gave us a lot of jewels this was like an awesome conversation i'm so glad you joined me today how can people stay yes. in touch with you how can people follow you drop all of that right now well, we're going to just keep it 100 because I'm old school. If you want to get a hold of me, you can call me direct, email me direct, eddie at d4sm.com. Twitter is d4sm. Instagram, d4sm, Inc. And I'm Eddie Rubin Jr. on LinkedIn. We keep it simple, Saints. You know, keep it simple. That's it. If no you're serious, you, you know how to hold of me. And if you can't, Kaylee, contact Vanessa. She knows how to find me. I know. I found you on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, I was like, oh, <laughs> a brother doing PR. <laughs> yes, sir. And I, was, I, and I don't even know how I found you. Like, we were already following each other. But I was looking for something else. And you popped up. And I was like, wait, brother doing PR. That's how God works sometimes. That's how God works sometimes. See, people, you don't never know who's watching looking at you. Yep, you never know. Well, thank you so much. I will give you the rest of your morning. And I hope you have a fabulous day today. You too. All right. Thanks again, everyone. No problem. All right. Thank you again for joining us for the Denver podcast. We look forward to having you join us again every Wednesday. Also, stay tuned for the book, Public Relations for Influencers and Content Creators by Vanessa Abron, the host of the Denver podcast. 